just wanted to to continue the same mode of, of seriousness that uh, that we are, and just talk about something that you know is happening happening in our society. Um, you know, something that's been trending, and that is called love is blind. Um, and all my fellows are like, what are you talking about? And uh, all my ladies are just looking at me like, mm, yes. Can I, I just talk about love is blind for a few seconds? And if you don't know, if you don't know, right, this is, uh, uh, I'm just giving you a warning, okay? Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, and it, it, love is blind is, a, a, is particularly, I'm not endorsing this show, okay? I feel some of you judging me like a little bit. Like you give me like, yo, yo, you're supposed to be Pastor Jason. Like you can't be watching that stuff. It's okay. I watch it with my wife. Uh, I'm just keeping up with the culture. Just saying. So love is blind is this show. And, and in particular, uh, a, a setting, they have like these cubes um, where people can't see each other. Um, so they kind of blind date. And they kind of just talk to people. Uh, and as they're talking to people, they can't see them. Um, and it, they spend like, they, I, they pick who they want to date and all this stuff. And they have this uh, rotation going um, and everybody's talking. There is like some people in there that are slightly racist. Um, there was this one guy that asked the flat out, asked the girl, like, you, you sound like an African-American. Are you an African-American? Um, I, I got offended um, when the guy asked that question. And it's a, such an amazing show because what it shows is just everybody has different issues and different perspectives. And everybody thinks that they have their stuff together. Like they're like the perfect person ever. Like I'm just looking for my soulmate. And they're talking to people. And it's like, I found my soulmate. And then later on in the show, you'll go to figure out that it just starts to become like a hot mess. And what does that have to do with my message? Nothing except the title, that I titled my message, it's a hot mess. Um, so as I watched that show, uh, this particularly came in to mind. And I have one big takeaway, one main idea that I want you, uh, I'm sorry for all your spiritual ones, I'm not laughing, but um, so the big takeaway that I have for you today is that we hold ourselves back by not wanting to do the hard work that it takes to become who God intends us to be, right? So if you came here last month, you're like, yeah, like community, friends, family, I'm ready to get connected. Um, some of you are, are taking that extra bold stuff and, and kind of going to life groups, attending life groups, uh, uh, taking the bold step to sticking around and trying to connect with people. But then all of a sudden, you know, everything's perfect. Like everything's like, oh, this is the best thing. Like everything's working. And then you start texting the person, uh, a new friend, and they start ghosting you and they're not texting you back. Uh, okay, don't look to the person beside you, okay? Um, they won't text you back. Like, bro, I saw you last month. I got your number. You said that you were gonna text me and then you didn't text me. If that was me, I am totally sorry. My apologies for not texting you. You can just call me out on that. And... Uh, Come on, y'all. We just got to be real. Okay. If you think, if you're looking for some theology lesson or something, it'll come in this message, but it may never come. This is a journey that we're going to take together and we're going to land the plans. We're going to land the plane somewhere uh, talking about God. Amen. So, so we all want to, to, to be the best version of ourselves, but the moment it starts to be hard, we, we just simply pull back. And maybe um, it's difficult for us to admit our faults. It's difficult for us to admit our faults. It's, it's difficult because we, 
want to be this perfect person. We want to appear like we have all our stuff together. And in order for us to be vulnerable, it's extremely difficult for us to be vulnerable because some of us have this thing called pride and we don't want to seem less than other people, but God needs us to to admit our faults at different times. Or maybe you have this difficulty in breaking away from our prison. Because we all have a prison at different moments and different times in our lives. And and this prison is this thing that you have been enslaved with. So whether it be an addiction or whether it be an unhealthy habit or whether it just be your mindset, you trap yourself inside a prison and it's hard for you to break away from it because maybe that's the only reality that you ever known. And you don't, some of you don't even know that you're trapped in a prison because that's all you know your whole life. And when people shed light of being like, you're trapped, you're enslaved, all of a sudden you're like, what are you talking about? Like, no, I'm free as can be. But in reality, if we look, take a deeper look, we're actually trapped by something at different moments in our lives. Or maybe the difficult portion and point is that instead of, praying through, we ask God to pray us out of a situation. So for some of you that you may not know praying habits and kind of what to pray and and how to pray, a lot of the times we pray, God, get me out of this situation. When God really wants you to say, hey, I want you to pray through and actually, hey, God, give me strength to go through the situation. So on the other side, I can actually learn something. So those are the points of the difficulty of maybe we don't want to put in the hard work or we begin to put in the hard work and then we immediately just stop because we lose motivation, because we get offended, we get hurt, or maybe our mind is keeping us trapped. But that never is what God intended us and how God intended us to live our lives. And what happens is we find ourselves in this mess And we don't even know how to get out of it, okay? For some of y'all that we have a car, I just don't know. Things just naturally stay in our car. Like there's Chick-fil-A cups. There's, there is my, I love my wife. She loves to drink coffee. There's like 10 coffee cups in our cars. And we're just like, how in the world did this happen? And then we got fruit snacks that I like to stuff in my car because I like to eat some fruit snacks, some gummy bears. And, and then all these rappers are around my car. I'm sorry, I'm just being honest. Some of y'all are like, ew, he got trash on his car, okay? Uh, it's Some of us, it's not our car. Maybe it's our apartment. Like, God forbid, if I, I would, me and my wife were to show up in your apartment right now, uh, some of y'all would internally panic and being like, well, you know, like you guys can just stay in the living room area. Like don't, don't come in my bedroom because that's where I stuffed all my dirty clothes. That's where I put everything so you won't even look at it because all of a sudden we find ourselves in this mess and we don't even know how we got there. And honestly, sometimes how we get there is not addressing the issue that is in the corner of the room and then we pretend like it's not even there. And all of a sudden we drop off one clothes, we drop off a shirt, we drop off our jeans and then we leave our shoes. And then the pile just starts getting bigger until all of a sudden we realize and we're like, man, I'm a hot mess. And then we start to try to clean up different things and it just takes time. And a lot of us give up and be like, well, I'm just going to try that later because I'm tired. Where there's this interesting story in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus, um, I'm trying to read the Bible uh, this whole year, kind of like one year Bible plan. 
okay? And, and if you're going, if you're still on a one-year Bible plan, like, come on, y'all, like, stay strong. You got this, okay? If some of you don't know what I'm talking about, because every time a Christian starts a Bible plan, like, they get excited, like, the first 30 days is like, oh, this year, this year's gonna be the year. I'm gonna do it every day. And then all of a sudden, like, you miss a day, and then you miss another day, and then you miss another day and you're just like, maybe this wasn't the year, God. Maybe it was my flesh talking to me, uh, not my spirit. So, so all of a sudden, we, we go, we find ourselves in the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament. And there's, there's this book, uh, Leviticus, which is simply the book of laws. And there's all these instructions and rules and rituals because this is before Jesus came and kind of gave us grace. So so the people of Israel, God's people, they were, were traveling around in the desert. And there's this dude named Moses kind of, you know, like Moses, like free my people, let my people go like the Red Sea, psh, um, all that. So there are these people that were navigating in the wilderness. And all of a sudden, God kind of wanted to give them instructions because he wanted them to experience him. But the problem with the people of Israel experiencing God is that God is holy. So God couldn't really be with people. And it's so interesting that you find in the Old Testament, it's talking about God's spirit, but God's spirit was just given like sporadically. It wasn't like given like it is now. So it's a different portion. So God wanted to build this kind of church um, in the Old Testament. And he gave these laws and rituals and kind of people would have to, even to approach the presence of God or even to ask for forgiveness, they, they had a to kill some animals, even to approach it. And that's where we find ourselves Leviticus chapter three. And it says that he shall lay his hands on its head, basically the sinner, uh, transferring symbolically his guilt to the sacrifice and kill it before the tent of meeting. And the sons of Aaron shall sprinkle its blood around the altar. So if y'all sin, okay, if I sinned, I would have to get an animal, depending what type of sin I committed, and that I would have to go, I have to kill it, and then go to these dudes named priests, where basically like they're the helpers um, of the church back then. And they used to like cut it, like cut it open, like take organs out. It's like, it wasn't like this pretty scene. Um, as you read the Bible, it's just like this bloody murder scene. There's like blood everywhere, um, sprinkle blood everywhere. And I'm just like, what are you talking about, God? Like, I would not want to be a priest. And what's interesting about these priests is that they had to be chosen. And when there was chosen, there was this ritual that they used to do. And God told Moses that this is the ritual that they had to do. In Leviticus chapter 8, verse 23, it says this, and Moses slaughtered it. Um, then Moses took some of its blood and applied it to the lobe of Aaron's right ear and the thumb of his right hand and the big toe on his foot. So just imagine with me, the scene is like, you're chosen. You're about to be chosen. And then there's like this initiation uh, thing that kind of happens. And then they take the blood and they put it on his ear. They take the blood, they put it on his hands and then on the toe. And What's so interesting about this is this almost like a symbolic thing for us today, because if you think about the process of putting in the hard work and you hear it from time to time, is the first thing that he says that the lobes of his ears, so all of a sudden he puts it on his ear lobes. It may be, it is a symbol of perhaps for us, if we can uh, extract the lesson is what are we hearing? 
And now bear with me a little second as whatever you're hearing, because a lot of the times we hear like, don't listen to secular music. Like, don't listen to that. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful all that stuff. But I find that the greatest enemy in when wherever we are listening is in our minds. It's not even what people are telling us, but yet there is something, there's a battle that goes in inside our minds and there's questions and there's doubts because we get excited whenever we tell people like, we're, we're starting a diet. Yeah, like I'm gonna go to college. Yeah, get that degree. It's like, yeah, I'm excited until you get past that first semester and you're like, bro, I still got three and a half years to go. And that's if I take the full load of classes. And if I don't, it's going to be another long time. Um, some of you laughing like, preach, brother. I know it's going to be a long time, but God has got me. But all of a sudden, we, as we go on this journey, we start to question ourselves because we got so excited. But all of a sudden, God is is a here, for example, he's anointing, be, be careful what you think. And here we find ourselves thinking that we're not good enough. We find ourselves in this battle of thinking that we are not capable of achieving what we had set out to achieve. And the worst thing is, and I'll be honest, is whenever we have setbacks. Because right now we, we pray, we think it's like, boom, this is it. This is the moment. I'm, I'm quitting cold turkey, never doing it again, never eating a chocolate cake. I'm about to eat healthy. Come on, confessions of Jason up here. And we're like, I'm going to work out every day. And then boom, miss a day, setback. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I got it tomorrow. And then boom, another setback. And then all of a sudden your mind starts playing trick on you. And saying, why, why are you even trying? You know that you can't do it. Why are you even trying to get a degree when you know ain't nobody in your family has a degree? Why are you quitting your job and pursuing your dream? Because you know that's never going to work out. And all of a sudden, in your mind, starts to play trick on you. So I think that that's why God told Moses to anoint the years. And then all of a sudden, we find ourselves with this, the thumb. And anointing the thumb. And I was thinking, I was like, what does this even mean in our day? It is, what are we, what are we doing? What is God placing our hands to do? What are we doing with the giftings and talents that God has given us? Because a lot of the times we have the best intentions in the world. But then all this comes into play of like, well, I got to take care of me. Y'all, y'all saw the, the coronavirus, you know, in the news. Have y'all been to a grocery store? Like, that is the perfect example of people just caring about themselves. Like, I don't care. I will take 10 toilet paper rolls and packets. And I don't care because I'm, I want to be sure that I'm good. And a lot of the time, God has called us to take care of ourselves, but it was never meant in the, in, it to be in a selfish way. But as we are seeing, even in society today, it's all about me and what I care for. But it's not what about I can do for another person. And I always tell people this. I, I think that church, some people find church boring. I firmly believe First, that it's a heart issue. But second thing is, what are you doing with your gifts and talent? Because if you're being lazy, ain't nothing going to excite you except resting and watching Netflix 
um, and catching up on some shows. That is the only thing that will ever excite you. But maybe we're not doing enough because now we simply got distracted by somebody. Because like uh, we're like, I'm on fire for God. I'm going to pursue God with everything I got. Brother Jason, I'm going to be here every day, anytime you need me. And then boom, you have a girlfriend and a boyfriend. And then pff, they just like, they gone. They ain't, ain't nobody. They're just like, what, what happened, bro? Like, I thought we were just like you. I'm like, I want to, I want to be a pastor. I want to be there. Okay. I'm just going to close my eyes because I don't want y'all to be convicted, but I'm just saying, you see this Christian life, we are meant to be in constant movement, but the problem is that we are not doing enough with our hands. And then we're going around thinking that, oh, God is, you know, God never shows up. God's boring. Like God, this, I'm just telling you, maybe you're not utilizing your hands to the best of your abilities with the giftings and talents that God has given you. Because the moment that you do, you, the only thing that you will feel is a sense of fulfillment. And there's nothing in my life that whenever I put my hands to by using my giftings and talents that God has given me at every single stage of my life that I've done that, I've never felt bored. It's always been a next. But the problem is that we have to work hard because guess what? We're never, we're not always going to get the approval of other people and the things that we do, not everybody's gonna see and acknowledge that we're doing. So the moments that you're spending in prayer and doing your devotions and battling that addiction, God sees it, but the person next to you may not see it. So I'm just saying that you have to put in the hard work and continue to put in the hard work in order and the right time and the right season, God will exalt you. The problem with um, our generation and even Gen Z at different moments is that they want the glory. They want to be exalted before they even put in the work. So we want something, but guess what? We get fidgety like my three-year-old son when I tell him to stay there. Okay. Can you just stay here? Okay. And I leave for like 10 seconds and he just be like, oh dad, I just, I wanted to get some books, but I was like, I told you to stay here. And I feel like a lot of the times with us, God is telling us to stay put and put in the hard work and get a little bit messy. It has to get a little bit dirty at different moments because you have to put in your hard work because God is calling you for something greater, but you have to put in the work and be willing to stay. Because a lot of us, what happens is like, if God ain't using us or doing something new in our lives in six months, we start to get fidgety. And then all of a sudden we jump over here and God wanted us to stay here in order for us to grow to as our mandate for this year as a church. God wanted us to have the courage to grow. But the problem is that we never grow because we never stay long enough to get our muscles a little bit burned and to get a little bit sore. So we get disruptive. And then we keep jumping from place to place, from relationship to relationship, to job to job, because God is saying to stay put. But we just can't because we got to get there faster. But it's not how fast you run the race. What God is looking at is can you finish the race? Can you? Because it's a long one. And as we go and these, the priests get anointed and the important thing in this next verse, it, it talks about how we must maintain the fire burning in our lives. And how, Jason, am I supposed to apply this in my life as we're closing out this message? The, the first area to apply, is there something that you need to confess? 
In Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, it says this, that God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways and the path that brings me back. So the first way that you can apply this and not running away from God is to confess. And if you're like, I ain't got, I don't even know what I'm supposed to confess. I, I, I want you to, to pray this bold prayer. Because guess what? It will come up. If we really say, God, search my heart. I don't know what you, your issues are. But my issues at different moments is the moment I've been praying for something, I got this vision board up. And I see no way of that dream becoming true. That's my struggles. When I want to be more advanced financially, investing and doing all these things, but yet I find myself where I don't want to be. I'm waiting to get there, but then all of a sudden, that's my confession. Because it may not necessarily be confess a sin, but it may be confess the doubt that you're having inside of your life. So we always think about sin, like, ooh, like, what is my sin, Lord? Reveal it unto me. Okay, sometimes it's not a sin, sometimes it's a thought. And I'm asking you, do you want to pray that bold prayer? Because the moment, I, I, I'll, t- I'll challenge you to do that. And God will show you. But are you willing not to run away when it starts to get messy and actually to put in the work? The second way that you can apply this word in your life is, are you fighting to break away from your prison? In 1 Corinthians 6.12, it says, it's true that our freedom allows us to do anything, but that doesn't mean that everything we need is good for us. I am free to do as I choose, but listen to this last portion, but I choose to never be enslaved to anything. My question is, what are you enslaved to? What is the, the hot mess that you found in the corner of your room or in your car? What is it? What are you enslaved to? Is it your mind? Is it an addiction? Is it a feeling? Is it an unhealthy habit? I'm just saying, you gotta, we gotta make this work. And guess what? It's not pretty. It, it doesn't look pretty. And it's not perfect. And God does not expect perfection. Because God knows that we're not perfect. What that looks to, to Brother Jason was stopping drinking. Stopping smoking. Or y'all be like, what are you smoking, Brother Jason? It was just cigarettes. Come on, y'all. Come on. I got, I got too serious, got too deep. Some of y'all looking at me like, oh, you're looking into my soul. I'm just saying, okay, well, I'm with you. But it wasn't perfect. There were some stumbling blocks. But eventually I got out because God was willing to help me through the difficult work that it is. 
And for some of you, you're like, I got nothing wrong in my life. But then it's like, where does your priorities lie? Is God a priority in your life or is something else? Because if it's something else, then that means that you're enslaved by that thing because anything that you put above God, all of a sudden becomes an idol. So it means that you exalt that thing instead of exalting God in your life. So you're actually trapped in a prison that you don't even know that you're trapped in. Now, when I say God, I don't mean like, I don't expect y'all to be past, all of y'all to be pastors and missionaries and all of this stuff, but I do expect you to have an intimate relationship with God. There's a difference in being a Christian and actually being a follower of Jesus Christ. My question to you is, who are you following? Because if you ain't following Jesus, then you, you're enslaved by something. And the last part, point number three of applying this word to your life um, and pushing through and, and doing the hard work and not being held back is, what does God want you to learn? In Proverbs 10, verse 5, it says, Know the importance of the season you're, you're in, and a wise son you will be. What season are you in? Right now, what is that God is telling you you need to pray through and not try to pray out? Because the fire is getting hot and you're getting uncomfortable. You're getting fidgety and you're just like, I feel so uncomfortable right now. I feel like I'm not safe and everything within me wants to kick into survival mode and I want to run away. So in your mind, you're trapped, and God is saying, I need you to pray through this situation, not out of it, because if you don't grow through this, the next time it comes around, you're just going to run up and leave again. You're going to up and leave a church. You're going to up and leave a relationship that God really wanted you to be in that place, to be in that job, to be exactly where you were. But we kick into survival mode, and we talked about last month self-sabotage, and we want to run away. So what is it that God is telling you to stay in and you're trying to kick and scream and run away? And guess what, y'all? For me, at different times, it was church. I got hurt by church big time when I was a teenager. I was told, no, the, all the ideas that you bring, that's not God. That's not what we do here at church. And guess what? I ran away. Because I was not mature enough to say, God, what do you want me? What do you want to teach me in this season? So what is God trying to teach you? Because I ran away, but guess what? I planted myself. I had the courage to grow and I grew roots here at IFC. So the moment that inner child of that teenager, Jason, started to feel different things of like, I want to run, I want to quit. And, and there has been different moments, just to be honest, is because God wanted me to learn. I need you to be emotionally mature and have emotional intelligence to identify things in people's lives and in your own life and to be self-aware. And for whatever reason, somebody hurts you or somebody's acting out on you, if somebody's yelling at you, you need to be emotionally mature enough to look at people with the lens of love. So then that is the lesson that I'm trying to teach you. So every time that your inner child and your teenage self wants to run away because that's all you've done in your life, God is saying, stay. Because I need you to grow. 
So what do you need to learn in this season? And as we wrap up, it's so interesting that in Leviticus chapter 14, it says that then the priest will take some of the blood. This is the priest. This is no longer Moses. Take some of the blood and, and put in the lobe of the right ear and the, the right thumb and then the big toe. What you need to understand now that the priests have been anointed by Moses, right? Moses anoints the priest. And then all of a sudden the priest starts anointing all the people that starts to bring in the, the gift offerings. Now it's a beautiful thing about this and you may miss it if you really don't pay attention is this is in the old testament time right so the priest rule for after they got anointed or like you got the job you passed the initiation you're in you're a priest so the priest would take up the offerings of people's sin and basically plead out to god on their behalf now, I know some of y'all thinking, Jason, we're talking about the Old Testament, but I want you to know that this ritual, even though physically we're not doing it, we're still doing it spiritually. So in 1 Peter, it says this in chapter 2, verse 5, it says that come talking to us and be his living stones who are continually being assembled into a sanctuary for God. So this means that now before it, the, the presence of God used to rest upon a place, used to rest on this tent, this old school church in the Old Testament. But now that same spirit that used to be in the place is the same spirit that now when we accept Jesus resides within us. That's what the scripture is talking about. But then it, it, here is the portion that applies to us that it says that for now you serve as what? What does that say? We serve as what? We serve as holy priests offering up spiritual sacrifices that he readily accepts through Jesus Christ. So now we are the holy priests of God because it's so important for you to grow through, to pray through, to admit your faults, and to break away from the prison because God needs to you to be a holy priest. Because one God, once God is done with you, done with this process of you becoming a holy priest, God is saying, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn to bless that person. See, they don't know that they got a sin. So I need you to go over there and I need you to anoint them of simply in our day and age, I need you to tell them about my love. I need you to tell them that the way that they see themselves is not the true identity that I gave them. I need you to go and tell them that they are not living the free life as I intended them to live. I need you to go tell them that they are chosen, that they are called, that I have a purpose in their life. And guess what? Some of y'all in here and say, Jason, I've heard it a thousand times before. And I know that you've heard it a thousand times before, but I'm saying that what have you done with the calling that God has placed in your life? Are you kicking? Are you screaming? Are you continually running away from your problems? Or are you giving it up to God and say, you know what, God, I'm going to be careful what I hear. I'm going to confess the word of God and know that I'm the righteousness of God. And I know that I'm chosen, that I'm called, that I'm made in the light of your image. I know that I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. Are you renewing your mind? 
aligned with God's identity. And maybe your first step is to get connected to a church because some of y'all just be hopping church like there's no tomorrow. Like here one day, here another. Hey, I'm back, Jason. No, I'm gone, Jason. But some of you, maybe it's for you to get deep connected into a church. And I don't care if it's IFC or not, but you need to get connected to a community and grow roots so you can actually grow. And if you don't care about growing, I'm sorry. Maybe this this is not the message for you, but I'm talking to some people that have been looking for an answer, looking for a hope, looking for a future. And you're saying, Jason, I'm trying all of this. I'm doing all the right things. What I'm telling you today is you need to hold on because God is working within you and God is transforming you. And there will be a time you have to identify the season that you're in that God is gonna say, balls on your court. You're a holy priest now. You can go preach the gospel. You can go save them. You can go pray for them and they're gonna be healed. You can go pray over there and and you're gonna see them receive the Holy Spirit. So I'm telling you, you may be doing everything right, but I'm saying to hold on because God is gonna see things through because now we're the holy priest of God. We may get a little bit dirty, like ill, like you messed up my makeup, but God is gonna do something new. And I invite you to please stand at this time. And we're just gonna sing out this song that, that there's another in the fire. And maybe you, tonight you need to, to remind yourself that you are not alone. That yeah, you're in this purifying, refining fire and it's burning and it's getting hot. It's getting uncomfortable and you wanna run away. But I'm here to tell you tonight that there is another in the fire with you and he's never gonna leave you, that he's for you. He's never gonna forsake you. And this is the first time that you are in this place and hearing about Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, he loves you. He created you. Even before you came into this place, he intended you to come here and to be here tonight. And that feeling that you're feeling inside of you, is something called the Holy Spirit. So it's the Spirit of God actually moving inside of you and pointing out the things that are wrong in your life and pointing out the things that God is saying, you need to drop this. You need to stop doing this. You need to stop complaining or you just need to vent off and keep on moving and continue to pursue the calling that I have placed in your life. This feeling and emotion that you feel inside of you is called the deep love of Jesus Christ. And guess what? You've been thinking that you have to all do this by yourself all the time but I want you to look to your right and look to your left and know that Jesus is right there for you. There is another in the fire and you are not by yourself and you're never gonna be alone. Sing this out like it's your freedom song, like you're about to get loose. The chains are about to break. Come on.
everybody with their eyes closed at this moment. We're wrapping up. We're almost done. But maybe you came in this place, somebody invited you and you saw this crazy little black dude on stage sweating his bald head off and you're, you heard this message about growing and how sometimes it hurts and the, our hurts hold us back and you heard that message about confessing your faults and you heard this, this message about are you enslaved by something on your own prison? And all of a sudden you, you start to think about you've been wanting to get out of different situations. And all of a sudden you saw that maybe you need to grow through and not just simply get out of that particular moment that you are actually making progress, that you're not stuck because you may not be moving forward, but you're actually growing deeper down. And maybe if this, first is, this is your first time that you heard the message of Jesus, can I tell you something? That Jesus Christ loves you, that he died for you. He came and God loved you so much. He gave his only son and Jesus Christ died for us and was the ultimate sacrifice. So that's why we don't have to bring these lambs and doves and, and to slaughter animals because Jesus shed his blood and it washed over us. And maybe... I would encourage you to accept him into your heart tonight, but maybe you've been a Christian your whole life and maybe you ran away from church and you know you, you've been doing stuff that you ain't supposed to do, but maybe tonight is the night where you decide to recommit your life to Christ, whether it be the first time or the 10th time. Guess what? There's nothing but love and grace in this household for you. And Jesus just wants to have you back as your child, as his child, as his son and daughter. And I'm gonna count to three. And when I count to three, if that's you, if you want to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, there's no shame. There's only love upon this house. I don't care who's next to you. It's not about you. It's not about them. It's about you and God. It's about the relationship that he wants to have with you and your life. At the sound of my voice on the count of three, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand nice and tall and you are symbolizing that you're accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. One, there's no shame. Two, you're almost there. And three, just lift your hands up if you want to accept Jesus into your your heart as your Lord and Savior. No shame, nice and high, so I can see you. Come on, amen, I see you. There's no shame, only love in this place. Is there anybody else? Nice and tall. All right, let's pray this prayer all together for all those who lifted up their hands because we believe that this is a family and that you're never gonna be alone. Jesus ain't never gonna leave you. And us as a family, we're never gonna leave you too. So repeat this prayer after me. Lord, thank you for giving your son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for forgiving me of my sins. And now I know I don't have to sacrifice animals because you paid the ultimate sacrifice. Thank you for your love and your grace. And tonight I make you Lord and Savior of my life. And it's in your precious name we pray. Amen, amen. Can we give a round of applause for all those who accepted Jesus into their heart? And man, I would encourage you uh, to text IFC Connect to 77977. Um, and we'd love to send some resources to you. And allow me to pray for us 
I know maybe you didn't want to accept Jesus, but that message hit your heart. Let me just pray for you. Father, I thank you for this time that you have given us. Father, I thank you for this message that you have placed upon my heart. Father, I thank you, Father, that everybody under the sound of my voice, Holy Spirit, that you spoke to them, that they got something out of this message of a life adjustment that they have to make, or maybe it was an encouragement that they are doing the right things. They just need to stay, um, stick it out a little bit longer. Father, I pray for all those who are dealing with some type of addiction. Father, I don't care what it is, oh Father, that they've been enslaved to unhealthy habits, drugs, alcohol, whatever it may be, Father. I just pray whatever that addiction, unhealthy habit that has been enslaving them, Father, I just pray that the chains be broken in the name of Jesus, that those who the Son set free is free indeed. So, Father, everybody under the sound of my voice, oh Father, let them be free and break away from their prison, oh Father. And we pray for you to continually search our hearts and continue to point out the things that, Father, do not please you inside of us, oh Father. So let us be this ultimate, perfect, oh Father, vessel, Lord Father, as your Holy Spirit is inside of us because our desire is to always reflect you and reflect your glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You guys may be seated.